Welcome to Help Stop the Genocide in American Ghettos podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Barbie. Um, this evening, we have another uh, guest, uh, Minister Monica Stone from North Carolina. Okay, you're on the air. Hi, again, my name is Monica Stone, all the way from North Carolina. I'm coming from the city of Winston-Salem, and tonight I just wanted to kind of share a word of encouragement and just kind of uh, bring knowledge to uh, the way that uh, we should live and the things that we should be uh, incorporating in our lives. And um, I wanted to talk, uh, my base scripture is coming from Romans 7, 13 through 25. I'm not going to read all of that due to the time, but um, I will uh, talk about it, just kind of briefly mention some things uh, while I'm talking. Um, so I'm going to kind of bring it from the perspective of what everybody can relate to. And that relate is um, that everyone knows that we have something out here called selfies. And so with those selfie images, uh, those selfie images, once we take them, uh, we uh, want someone to, uh, we post it to Facebook and we want, you know, someone to like it and, you know, we hope that they like it. And, um, uh, one thing that... Um, uh, comes into play is something that called that is called dopamine, and so whenever you're dealing with uh, dopamine, dopamine is what they call the happy feeling. Is this it's the reward molecule? So uh, whenever we post to Facebook and we're getting to uh, get someone to like it, we're feeding that dopamine. But what happens when that dopamine is over no longer there? You know. Uh, when we take that selfie, we're able to go in and, and make that selfie look like whatever we want to. And we can, you know, hide the bags under our eyes and we can hide the, the, the blemishes in our face and we can make our face slimmer and make our body slimmer. We can pretty much make it look, look like what we want it to. And again, what uh, you're doing is feeding that dopamine. So once you get that like, then that dopamine, that happy feeling comes on. And so... After a while, that happy feeling dies, and, and so you begin to want to have that happy feeling again. So every time someone likes that picture, that dopamine is feeding you, and you get that happy feeling. Well, what happens when we become accustomed to that? Then, you know, we learn, sometimes we learn not to love ourselves and not to love the skin that we're in, and we present that person to the world, but the real inside of us is torn apart and ugly and blemished and cut up and, you know, all the other things. And so I wanted to use that as an example because that's exactly what was going on in Romans. So you have Paul here who is talking about himself. And Paul, I love Paul because Paul realized that Paul was nothing without God. And so when Paul was trying to get you to ex uh, to acknowledge here is that the real selfie of you is a mess. So even though you can dress that selfie up that you can picture that you took of you, the real you is a mess. You can make yourself look any way you want to to people, but God knows the inside. So people see the outside of you, but God sees that person that's on the inside. And one thing that we have gotten into the habit of, 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 of doing is decorating the outside and letting that be our pleasure point. When in actuality, that pleasure point that we have on the outside is going to eventually die because God says that it's all vanity. Nothing but vanity is only temporary. So at that point, we begin to need to look at the inner person and, 
And that's what Paul is dealing with in this uh, uh, scripture. He's dealing with the inner self and, and the real, the, the dealing with the fact that he knows that he's only who he is by the grace of God and that he's a mess on the inside and that, you know, that real person can't be dressed up and, and it can't be filtered and, and it's the raw power. And so um, uh, with that being said, uh, we are speaking more of the spiritual being and we're speaking for, uh, about the fleshly person. So that fleshly person is the outer person, that, that selfie person that you've dressed up for the world, you go to church on Sunday and you begin to make your, you know, put the heels on and the men put the nice suit on and the women put the eyelashes and, you know, all the things that we do to make ourselves look better, uh, uh, better than we uh, uh, or make ourselves more appealing to the world. And so you're, you're dressing up that flesh. But one thing that we know is that the Bible talks about there's no good thing in our flesh. So that flesh that you're dressing up, even though you're fixing up the inside, uh, the outside of it, you're still, still dealing with that evil person that controls the flesh. You're dealing with that angry person. Angry person. You're dealing with that envious person, that resentful person. So what they see on Facebook they're not able to see these things. They don't see the pride. They don't see the inferiority that you're feel, feeling. They see the person with the high high ego, with self-pride, that, you know, is living the life and things like that. And so God looks at this. God knows that these things are poor, uh, that we have these things in us. But one thing that we need to realize is that even though those things are in us, God can take that thing and he can turn it around and make it a beautiful thing. He can make that thing, that angry thing, look just as peaceful as it want, as he wants it to be, to have peace without, with, um, a, with a, a peace uh, um, beyond understanding. God knows how to take that thing. He makes, knows how to take ashes and make beauty out of it. But in order for him to do that, we need to let the spirit of God rule in our lives, and unless we're letting the Spirit of God rule in our lives, then we're dealing with that evil person, that angry person, that backbiting person, that lustful person. But God can turn that thing around, and that's what Paul is talking about, that in his flesh, nothing is good in that flesh. So if nothing is good in it, then nothing good is going to come out of it unless we invoke the Spirit of God. And so whenever we invoke the Spirit of God, then we begin to experience the joy even though we are angry. We begin to have peace even in that angry time. Even when we're resentful, we're able to have peace with that. We're able to love those who backbite against those. We're able to love those who are jealous against us. So even though we're battling with the flesh and we're battling with the spirit, at some point, your spirit ought to win out because you invoke God in your life. And if you invoke God in your life, that flesh would die, and those things won't even matter. So you have to know who Christ is. And the Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 that we become a new creature. All those old things are passed away. So, so what if I look, I, I have anger inside of me? I know somebody that can fix that. I know somebody that can ease that. I know somebody that can put the righteousness on and make me welcome in peace, even though I've had an angry moment. I know somebody can turn that thing around. Somebody can get me, get the inner person to be revealed in the outer person. Instead of me having to dress the person up, it's easy to dress that person up. It's easy to make myself look like what, I, what I'm really not. But because I know that that thing is still inside of me, then I have to address that. And as long as I'm not addressing that, then that, out, that 
inner person is begin to exuberate, is going to begin to exuberate outside. But that that anger person is going to begin to come out and lash out on people. So it's so important that we study our scriptures. So uh, important that we learn to seek after God even in our storms and even in the times of darkness that we have. Because we know that you know our, our real self is not that flattering. You know, but because we are attached to something that, that can make us look flattering or can purify us and make us whole because we're attached to that thing, then we can even, even in our fleshly self, we can walk in the spirit. So, when, like I said, with the selfie, um, I can go in and edit that person. But God still knows that the stuff that's inside of you needs to come out. And he wants us to begin to depend on him and be desperate and diligently seeking after him in order for us to get rid of that. And let the master take control of your life. Know what, what is right for you in, in the body of Christ and not what's right for you in, uh, inside the world and in, in the flesh, you think. But one thing about it is once we invoke that thing that's inside of us, God put it inside of us. And once we invoke that thing, all that stuff doesn't even matter. You know, God told us that even inside of the storm, we can have peace. And as long as we begin to uh, uh, acknowledge him and, and acknowledge that, okay, so what I'm a mess. So what I, I, I fussed yesterday. So what if I cussed somebody out yesterday? So what if I used drugs yesterday? So what if I got drunk yesterday? It does not matter. God takes you as you are. And don't let anyone tell you anything. Now, I will say this. In order for that to happen, you must be born again. You must acknowledge that he is Christ, that he died for your sins. And once you have acknowledged that, it does not matter what sin you have done. It does not matter how you have loved that day. God will take you just as you are at that moment in the drug house, in the drunk, in the um, crack house. He'll take you right from that moment and he'll accept you just as if you were that Christian that, that or that believer that was on in the church every Sunday and, and practicing the, the things of God. God doesn't look at how long you've been there. God looks at that you acknowledge him. And if you can acknowledge him, he's faithful to forgive. He's faithful to deliver. He's faithful to make you free. He's faithful to cleanse you. So don't ever look at yourself as the bad person. People do that enough to us. People look at us and look down on us and criticize us enough. But we ought to have something inside of us that tells us it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter how you feel about me. It doesn't matter what you say about me. But what matters to me is what God says about me. And so Paul realized in the scripture that he was absolutely nothing with God. I mean, uh, nothing without God. And when he realized that, I want to do good. I want to stop doing drugs. I want to stop cussing. I want to stop treating people mean. I want to stop having attitude. I want, I, everything in me wants to do that. Because of the, but because of this flesh, those things that I want to do and I hate, excuse me, those things that I hate doing are the very things that I find myself doing. But God knows that he knew us before we were in our mother's womb. So any situation that you have gone through, good, bad, whatever, God already knew that that was going to happen. And because he already knew that it was going to happen, he predestined a way for you to get out of it or to go through it. Even if he decided, okay, well, his will is that you go through it. He still provided it and gave, gave you the strength 
to get through the situation. So that's why I keep trying to promote. We have a lot of people that are believers or whatever that look at people. And if I don't look a certain way or I don't act a certain way, then I become, you know, the, the outcast. But God does not look at us like that. God looks at every individual person and he loves us just the way we are. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that God loves a broken spirit and a, a contrite, broken spirit and a contrite mind. So God doesn't want us coming to him perfect. If we, if we came to him perfect, what was the purpose of Jesus Christ going to the cross? Why did he go to the cross? Why did he take all the abuse that he took? Why did he do all of this? All of this? He did it for us. And he did it because he knew we would screw up. He knew that we were going to mess up. He knew that we were going to lie. He knew we were going to steal. He knew that the world was going to be in the state that it was in. He knew that all of these things were going to happen. And so he decided, okay, let me help them out. I know they're going to need some help. I know they're going to fail. But I'm, I'm going to send the Savior that can, can, can save them and, and he's going to advocate for them. And, and, and sit on my side and, you know, just advocate for them. They don't have to do anything but believe on them. That's a, a great God that we serve. And so, like I said, Paul understood the power of, 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 being, of him being that unedited self. He understood that, okay, I can, I can take myself as I am without editing that selfie to make it look good. And I can present that unedited portion, uh, selfie, to God. And God sees what, God doesn't see that unedited self, but he doesn't see that unperfect person. He sees the person that he wants you to be. He sees you with the flaw, but he said, okay, I can work with this. I can do something with this. Let me take these flaws. Let me, let me polish them up, smooth some things out, and make you new again. God sees that. And so, so often we get caught up into, because people, because people. Well, those people have just as much issues as you are, as you do. And in many cases, the thing that they're accusing of talking to you, talking about you with, is the matter of shit they do. But the thing about it is nobody knows because they, they've dressed that, they've edited that, that um, self. They've fixed that thing up to make it look good so that they can feed the dopamine inside of them instead of God, letting God create that happy moment in them, even through their storm. They fixed that thing up so that it would look perfected to people. And Paul realized that. And Paul was trying to get us to understand so that it's okay to be flawed. It's okay that you're ugly. It's okay that the picture is ugly. It's okay if your, your pot is uh, on the wheel is falling apart. That's a part. That's, his, that's what God's job is. He puts us back together again. He makes us whole again. He feels in that empty space. Being hurt in relationship, he feels in that empty space. Being hurt, you know, abused or, or whatever, God feels in that place. So there is no need. He is the editor. So there is no need for us to try to edit before we get to God or before we present that person to God. God takes us as we are. It does not mean that, okay, I can see it and God just going to fix it up. No, you're going to be punished for that. Because he said the wages of sin is death. So if we sin, God is going to handle us for that. But God will take that sin and throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. And he won't remember it anymore. It's, most, it's, it's not God that remembers the sin. It's us. And sometimes it's not other people that are, that are putting it or inflicting this on you. It's yourself. 
because some people have gone through situations that they may blame themselves for. And God takes that person and he knows how to fix you up too. There is no problem. There is no situation. There is nothing that God cannot fix. God is the fixer. Okay? What we have to do is get on in our moment of need, in our moment of downtime. We get on our knees and we begin to pray to God. You know, we begin to talk to God. And, and, and actually, if, if you're not at a place where you can bend down on your knees and pray, that doesn't matter. God can talk to you any kind of way. He's not like us. So he, in any way that you can talk to God, whether it be, okay, I'm crying, you know, God doesn't have to have you speak a word. He knows everything about you. So he doesn't need us to say anything. God knows our heart. He knows what's inside of us. He knows our deepest pains. He knows, you know, everything about us. He knows our needs. He knows our needs and not our wants. And so if God knows our needs and our wants, then why not go to him and talk to him about things? Why not seek after God instead of getting on the telephone trying to seek the, 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 the knowledge of so-called knowledge of people? Why are we not consulting God? Why can't we make ourselves presentable to God unedited? And I'll tell you why. It's because of that dopamine that everybody wants to feed. They want that happy moment. They need the approval of everyone. They want everyone to be accepting of them. But that means absolutely nothing. Because at the end of the day, all that matters is God. And one thing that I will tell you is we have an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. God is everything. Every situation, God knows the answer. So why are we seeking after people who have the same issues or worse than we have? We can't clean ourselves up. We try. I know me when I've, I've done things. That, like Paul said, I, I knew to do good because my parents raised me up that way. But when I tried to do good, I tried my best. I would say, I'm not going to do that anymore because I don't want to offend God. And that very thing that I told myself I was not going to do, I found myself doing that. But one thing that I found out, and my parents had always told me that God is a forgiving God. And when I became to the knowledge of, I realized that God accepts me as I am. I don't have to, I was spending a lot of time saying when I get it right, I'm going to go before God. No, you're never going to get it right. The Bible tells you you can't even change your hair on your head. So if you can't change your hair on your head, why are we trying to fix ourselves up? Why are we trying to feed that, that dopamine and, and, and make ourselves happy? Come before God just as you are, and he is your happy <laughs> drug. You know, God knows how to fix it. And so out there, um, uh, if you're listening, uh, the one thing that I would say to you is even on your worst day, and you know, you, you, you feel like there's no hope, you feel like God has forsaken you, you feel like, you know, there is nothing that you can do to make yourself better. Not so. Don't let the devil fool you. That's his job. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what he's trying to do. So that hey, I need your help. I'm broken to pieces. I don't want to fix myself up for you. I want you to see me as I am and let you do the work. Because I know that if you fix me, it's going to last. If you fix me, then I'm going to have peace and joy and happiness. So it doesn't matter what the selfies looks like. 
Learn about how distant you are. Take take your issues to him. Talk to him. It doesn't have to be in fancy words. Matter of fact, Paul said that. He doesn't come with fancy words. He comes so that you can understand it. He's talking plain talk. We don't have to dress it up. We talk to God just as we talk to our friend. Because he is our friend, right? So we talk to God just as in our despair. We can talk to God. Talk to God just as you are. He's going to accept you just as you are. And it's yours for the asking. And even if he doesn't answer your prayer or he doesn't answer what you want, he was doing it for your good. Everything that God does, he does it from for your good. If you need restoration, he has it. If you need deliverance, he has it. God will pull you from you. So even though you want to do something and you're not able to do it, God will pull that you out of you and make you the person for you that he wants you to be. And so we have to be willing and able and, 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 and accepting of the fact that I'm going to present myself just as I am with my dirty, broken down self. I'm coming to God in despair. Because I know that God is going to deliver. I know that he's going to get me out of the mess. That even if I got myself in, God is going to get me out. And so Paul is trying to get us to realize that all the power is in God. It's not in you. We have no room to brag. We have no room to say anything that we have done. Because we cannot do anything without God. And because we cannot do anything without God, we need to forget what the world sees or says and focus on what God has to God's view of you. Focus on that selfie that God is trying to make you. The inner person, dressing up the inner person in preparation for him. God loves you. And he do not, he does not change. He will not change. He's faithful. He's there 24-7. I don't know anybody like him. And since I met him, I would trade him for the world. But my prayer is not that just I have that experience with God, but that you also have that experience in God, with God. And so again, I would just plead out to you to not beat yourself up about the things that you've done. We've all done something wrong. And so we get into, sometimes people get into categorizing sin. There is no category. Sin is sin. And so it's sin is sin that makes me no better than you. Even if you were the drunkard and I'm the lion, we are no different in God's eyes. So don't be worried. Don't be uh, dismayed and, and, and think that, you know, God uh, doesn't see or hear, hear you. God hears you. He heard your cry when you said it yesterday or a week ago or a year ago. He heard your cry. And he's going to answer your cry. But he needs for you to keep seeking him. And making sure that you are living in the way that you are supposed to live, seeking after him. It's at an appointed time that God is going to deliver. And you may not be ready for it. You may think you're ready for it. But God may know something that you do not know in your future. And that's one thing I always say. Why not seek after him? He knows my future. And so he can make decisions for me. And that's all I have for today. I'm going to go ahead and close out in prayer. And pray that you all uh, see, get the message that, you know, you don't have to dress yourself up. You don't have to edit that selfie. You bring yourself to God just as you are. 
and God will fix himself. He'll, he'll dress it up and give it what it needs to make you look like the you that he designed you to be and not the you that the world wants you to be. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. Father God, I come before you this evening, Lord, thanking you, Lord, for this moment, Lord, this connection that you have been able, Father. And Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would go out into uh, the, the audience of listeners, God, and you would bless them, God, and, and, and enable them to get past that moment and get Satan out of their ear and, and defeat Satan by invoking you, Father. And Father, we pray for that person that is not saved, Lord, that you would touch their hearts, Lord, and touch their minds to seek after you, God, in all that they do and accept that you are Lord. You died for our sins and you rose again. And Father, for that reason, God, they are saved. So Father, we thank you for your many, many blessings that you have given us, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you continue to do so. God, touch hearts, God, touch minds, God. Purify hearts, Lord. Fill in that empty space, God. Cleanse minds, Lord, so they may be able to think clearly and seek out for you in the way that they're supposed to, God. God, you said we had it inside of us, God, so help that to flow up out of, up out of us, Father, whenever we need it. And Father, we just thank you again for this opportunity, using this vessel, Lord, as uh, the delivery of your word, Father. And we ask that you bless it in whichever way you see fit to bless it, Father, and that it touch the lives that it needs to touch. We pray for all these things, and we count them done in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. I am going to turn uh, this portion back over to our host at this time, um, Brother Emmanuel. Amen. Well, um, Minister Stone, whenever you feel led about coming back on the show, you're more than welcome to do so. Absolutely. Um, Heavenly Father, I come before you as humble as I know how, Lord. I just want to thank you again, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, for me to um, know how to use this technology and using this technology wisely, Lord, to give it back to you, Lord. Um, I, I pray, Lord, that people that's on my friends list, especially secular people that don't know who you are, Lord, that they will uh, give their life to you, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, too, Lord, that you will bring more Christians on board, Lord to come on this show, Lord, and get free airtime. Let them take advantage of that. Um, also, I pray, Lord, you would stir up the um, black um, business owners to come on the show as well, Lord, that they can promote their products and services, Lord. That's the whole purpose of me um, doing this podcast, Lord. And, Lord, let it be a blessing, Lord Jesus, to, to, uh, to my listeners, Lord, worldwide, Lord. And, Lord, um, I'm praying, Lord, and um, Minister Stone is in agreement, Lord, because she's on the yes. line. Please, Lord, just let me have, um, bless the film project, Lord. Let, it, let me be able to raise, raise that um, 500000 So that way, Lord, I can be in a better position financially, Lord, to hire quality um, film crew, Lord, and quality actors. So that way I can produce a quality film, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus' Lord. name. Let Jesus it, name. And Lord, Lord, let it be a successful film, Lord. So that way, Lord, the proceeds from that film, Lord, it will put me in a better position, Lord, to hire the best, Lord. Qualified people, Lord, that's going to help carry out the vision that you, you, you installed in me, Lord. 
Yes. But that was a lie. I wrote the vision in my mm -hmm. revised book and made it plain, Lord. But the book is barely selling. So, Heavenly Father, please breathe on that book, Lord. Let it be a bestseller. So that way, Lord, I can move from behind the computer. My critics, all they want to say is, oh, you're not doing anything. You're not just very negative. But they won't buy the book, Lord. Have mercy on those persons, Lord. Have mercy, Lord, um, on our uh, the black race, Lord. Right now, Lord, all this division, Lord. COVID-19 um, is out here killing a lot of people, Lord. And all, we see all these uh, problems with, um, I would say, police brutality and still, Lord, and still, Heavenly Father, we still don't want to um, work together, Lord. And the devil snatched, yes, the devil snatched one of my family members this this uh, week, Lord, an uh, urban terrorist. Have mercy on that person, Lord. So it was hard for me, Lord, to try to do my show, Lord. But, Lord, you allowed me to just stay um, focused, Lord. And I know, Lord Jesus, that you're going to work things out um, for, for my good, Lord. And after, after all, Lord Jesus, this is your business. But, Lord, let the, the, um, the business uh, manifest itself, Lord. Mm -hmm. Let this be the best um, black Christian business in America, Lord, starting here in the city of Chicago, Lord. Because I'm not down here playing games, Lord. Everything I'm doing on here, I'm going to um, replicate that in the real business, Lord. Give people an opportunity to promote their their uh, ministries. Give um, uh, people that have legitimate jobs an opportunity to, to um, promote those jobs, Lord. And teach our youth, Lord, how to create their own jobs, Lord. And provide employment to, to improve our inner cities, Lord. Yes. Replicate and, and for it to be a model, Lord, so it could be replicated in every uh, inner city.